You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 68. In light of opening my show up to guests again, I wanted to share a reverse guest podcast. And that's where I was the guest and in the hot seat. Stay tuned for a look at how I got started with minimalism, if my husband was always on board, what I really feel about decluttering toys, and how we found freedom with minimalism. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, friend. Welcome back to the Wannabe Minimalist Show. As always, I'm your host, Deanna Yates, creator of littlegreenbow.com and your resident wannabe minimalist. In today's episode, I am the one in the hot seat. I thought it would be fun to share a guest interview that I did on another show, the Wild Happy Family Podcast. For those of you who are regular listeners, you may actually remember Danny Gopa on my show last year. Well, not too long after I interviewed Danny, I had the pleasure of being a guest on her show. So in just a minute, you are going to hear the audio from my interview on Danny's podcast. It's been a little while, and so it's funny to listen back and see how much I've grown over the last year as well. And while some of my some of my advice regarding the tactics I use has changed a little bit, the sentiment about why I started down this path to minimalism and what it has enabled me in my to do in my life, it still resonates. Danny and I had a lot of fun recording this episode, even in the midst of a few technical difficulties. She was in Kiev at the time and I was in San Diego. I think our excitement and energy comes through though, and I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Plus, if you have not heard Danny's show, The Wild Happy Family Podcast, hop on over there and check it out when you finish listening to this episode. I'll make sure that I leave links to the show, um, to her show in the show notes, along with the episode where Danny was a guest on the Wannabe Minimalist show as well. So it was a good one, and make sure you check it out if you haven't heard it yet. You can get all of the show notes and links by going to littlegreenbow.com slash 68. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 68. All right, let's jump into my conversation with Danny from Wild Happy Family. Hey, Wild Ones! Today, I am so excited to introduce you to my lovely friend, Deanna Yates, from the Wannabe, wannabe I can't even say that, Wannabe Minimalist Show. It's like a mouthful, actually. <laughs> um, I met Deanna a couple months ago on her show, and we had a really good time chatting. And I'm always excited to meet new people who I can learn from, and she is definitely one of them. So, hi, Deanna. Welcome here. Hi, Danny. Thanks for having me. Yeah, such a pleasure. Could you maybe begin a little bit by telling us about yourself? Sure, sure. So like you said, um, my name is Deanna. I have a blog and a podcast. And really, I have just been led to this life of simplicity and just living with less stuff and just stuff of all sorts of just all natures, right? Less clutter, less busy stuff, just less taking, wanting more of me. Because there's only so much that I, as a person, can give. And if I give so much, I don't, you know, I need to fill up my own cup. 
And so that's really where this life of intention and simplicity has come from. There were really like three points in my life. The first was when my daughter was born and about six weeks in, I was working from home. And at the time, my husband and I had a business and we were working from home. And I looked down at her and I thought, I can be doing this from anywhere I want. And so I, and I knew I never wanted to be so busy that it would take me away from her. And like my life just suddenly changed, you know, when I became a mom and it seems so trite and so many people say it, but I didn't, I didn't want any, I never wanted her to feel like anybody else was more important than she was or anything else I had to do was more important than she was. And, you know, but then it's a balancing act because you can't, you know, she's not the only thing the world revolves around. Like I am also important. So we have to teach, you know, our children that, but it just, work suddenly didn't seem as important or just all that stuff just didn't really resonate with me as much as it did before. And then um, at about a year old, we decided that we would travel the world. And so we sold 90% of everything we owned. Everything we still owned fit in a five by eight trailer. And we popped, you know, we packed all that away and we traveled around Europe for um, six months and we did a month at a time in different countries and we stayed in Airbnbs and we tried to live local like locals and we still worked and we had a pretty good schedule down. And, um, but about six months in, we kind of decided, we thought we maybe would be travel bloggers. And about six months in, we were like, this isn't really what we thought it would be. <laughs> so we kind of failed at it and we ended up moving back to the U S and we lived in so many different places. Um, I think we've lived in like six different states, so it's kind of crazy. But anyway, we bought a little house and we set up shop there for a little while. And then I got a job opportunity in Chicago and we went there and I was a property manager of a brand new, gorgeous 300 unit um, luxury high rise. And I thought, this is fantastic. And then people moved in. And we ended up about, I don't know, about eight months into the project, a mover broke a sprinkler head on the 19th floor of a 36-story building. So half of my building flooded. Um, I, it was so much damage. It was, I can't even wrap my head around like the just tumultuous experience. But um, watching people deal with their stuff it just having water damage and how some people handled it really well and had a really good outlook. And some people just flipped out and it was, they just couldn't handle it. It really gave me a different perspective. And again, that whole, I don't want stuff to hold me back. I never wanted a house full of things or a big house or a giant mortgage or, you know, a luxury car or any of that stuff to hold me back from a life I wanted to live. And that's really been kind of the driving factor in my life of just the less I have, the more free I feel and the more I can decide, okay, I want to go travel. I want to do this. I want to do that. And actually after that, experience as the property manager we did. We, we were like, okay, nope, we're going to travel again. Like tap out, time out. I got to go recharge. And so we did. We spent a year, almost a year and a half actually traveling Europe. 
this last time around. And then we settled in San Diego when my daughter started school because we wanted her to have a home base. We always said by the time our child starts elementary school, that's when we're going to need to kind of settle down, set down roots and be a little bit more stable. And so we've settled in San Diego and we love it. I just wish we could all go back to school. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that sounds incredible. Okay, so now this leads to my next question. How has it been settling and like putting roots down and then you know, because I, I almost think it might be easier to like get rid of stuff while you're traveling or you're, you know, because you're like, you can only travel with so many things, right? But now that you've like set roots down, what, do you have like certain guidelines or rules that you, you have in place that helps you to like keep up that lifestyle? Oh, sure. When we sold, the first time we traveled and we sold 90% of everything we had, I mean, literally, if it did not have a family or sentimental attachment, it was gone. Um, we sold our car, we sold all of our furniture. So we really didn't have much stuff when we got back. And that really helped the first time around because then when we came back and bought the house and settled in, we were able to buy only the stuff we really wanted. Mm So we didn't have to deal with how do we fit this in or how does, you know, instead of taking things away, we were putting things back in, which was really great because it's a different perspective. I think it's a lot easier when you look at a blank room and you say, how do I want this room to feel? And what is the purpose of this room? And what is, what are the activities we're going to do here? And then forming that room into that. And so that's really been one of the things. And of course, there's always things that don't fit whenever you move to a new home or, um, you know, right now we're living in a, a rental townhome. So it's not our forever home. So that does create a little bit of a difference because there are some things that don't quite fit here, but there's still pieces that are really nice and I don't want to get rid of them. So maybe our room isn't exactly 100% how I want it to be, or, you know, some things are just kind of placeholders, but I know that this is just a phase. This is just one place that I'll be. Again, I'm looking long vision. I think that's a big thing too, is you want to look long vision. What am I planning for? What do I think the next phase is going to be? And then I don't want to be so short-sighted that I get rid of something that I don't want. Like I'm thinking, in particularly, I'm thinking of like this bench that we have that's a storage bench. It was in our entryway in our last place um, and it held like our shoes and things like that. And I don't really have a perfect place for it, but we have it kind of as a half side table to our couch and like extra seating. So it's not ideal, but it's a great piece. It's not like I'm keeping a bunch of, you know, tchotchkes or knickknacks. Those all went to the wayside a long, long time ago. <laughs> Much easier for like dusting and cleaning too. But totally. Oh my gosh. I hate dusting. I absolutely despise dusting. And when I don't have my shelves cluttered with little things, it's just easier. Absolutely. Just easier. Oh, um, so I actually wanted to comment on, you said something about, um, basically your house being like a blank slate and you can like just pick out things that you like. And it, it just reminded me about like a capsule wardrobe or like a wardrobe that you choose. And like every day you wake up, like, I remember kind of like going into this transition. I was like, I want to get rid of my clothes because every day I want to wake up and wear something I love. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love capsule wardrobes. I think people have a hard time though, when they look at their closet and they're like, you want me to get rid of all of these things? 
And it's not really that. It's more of, imagine you were going on vacation. Well, you don't take your entire closet with you. Like, imagine you were packing for two weeks and you were going to go on something a little bit more adventurous or you're going to Europe and you've got all these cobblestones. You do not want to be lugging behind you a giant suitcase and have a backpack on and a you know purse. You don't want to have all that stuff. So what would you take with you if you were going for two weeks and you had to be in a carry-on? And I guarantee you, you could do it. No matter if you have every, like if you have a huge, you're a huge fashionista and your closet is filled with stuff, you still could pick out your favorite things for two weeks. And that's really how I like to think of a capsule wardrobe. It's more of this, not depriving myself of things, but it's what are my favorites? Because we all have those things that we put them on and we're like, oh yeah, I feel awesome today. And there's other things we put on and we're like, eh, all right, it'll do. <laughs> so you just want to keep those things that you're like, yep, I'm rocking it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I did. It's like, I keep, I'm wearing a dindle right now, which is like a German awesome. like, dress. <laughs> because I was like, you know what? I'm never going to have like special days to wear these dresses. So I'm just going to wear dresses that I like every day. It doesn't matter whether it's like a special whatever uh, party or anything. I just want to look good and like have fun with colors and wear my ethnic wear because some of my things are a little bit ethnic and it makes me feel really happy because I always have something to wear and it's easy and they all kind of match. I was I was a little bit better before, but now I've been mm -hmm. gathering some more things. So it's like it's time to purge again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Do you find that you have to purge often like house and clothes or how is that for you? I was going to say you bring up a good point because, yes, there's always things coming in. So, again, I like to think of it not so much like, a OK, I've done this and oh, I'm going to have to do it again. Like, I think we really can flip the script when it comes to a lot of these, you know, these just negative thoughts we have of like, okay, well, yes, I'm going to have to clean the house again next week. But that's because we lived life here. You know, things happened. We made art and it was crazy and messy. And now I have to clean up the whole kitchen or, you know, we baked or something like we lived life. And that's what I like to think about when I think about my stuff is I I do try to limit what comes into the home, but I also know that my tastes are going to change. The things I liked when I was 18 are not the things I like now that I'm a mother with a seven-year-old. Like, life is lived in phases, and things she liked two years ago, she's not going to like now. It's okay to be able to say, you know what, I loved that, it lived its purpose, and now I'm ready to let it go. And you can either let it go to someone else if it's still in good condition or be okay to say, you know what? I loved that so much. I used it up. I used all the life out of it and now I can let it go and just be thankful that I was able to have it for the time I did. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I, we've been talking a lot lately to our, with our kids about like just living in this, like, I, I don't know if that really connects, but this like here and now kind of thing, oh, yeah. and, like enjoying your things for like a season and really enjoying them, not like thinking about what you want more of or what you maybe miss, but like just enjoying that, that stuff for, for that, that phase, exactly what you said. That's really Absolutely. precious. Thank you. Yeah. It's a good thought. 
even like if you think about back to the like, clothes, like my life now is totally different than it was in my 20s. I don't have the same kind of clothes in my closet. I don't go out dancing every weekend. I don't go to an office every day. So think, you know, just things in life change and, and we need to be okay with that and embrace that as we're going on. That's a good point. Um, so as a mom, how do you simplify? How how do you live this lifestyle with your daughter? Because I find often I feel kind of attached to things from my children. And it actually is harder for me to give them up than for my kids. Okay. So there are a few things. I think my husband is more along those lines than you are, uh, or than I am, sorry. He, he matches with you a lot more than I do on that because for some reason, I haven't been that attached to stuff. And I also look at it from her point of view. If, if it's her thing and she doesn't want it anymore, then that's fine. And if I want it so much and I wanna make it my thing, then I can make it my thing, you know, like, but often you're not going to think about that with kids stuff. I mean, maybe some things like that she might, I know she might grow into, I'll put aside. And then if we've hit that season and she's still not into it, like um, American Girl dolls. So she, uh, my niece was so sweet and gifted her an American Girl doll, her American Girl doll this last Christmas. And it was super sweet. And you know, I, because I had an American Girl doll that I was super attached to and I loved it and I still have it. Um, just if she wants it, she can have it. Um, but, you know, she wasn't, re- my daughter was not ready for that gift, you know, and you could see it in her eyes. She was like, oh, okay, this is great. And you could see the little bit of crushingness on my niece too. She was a little like, oh, but I put so much heart and effort into that, like thinking you would love it. And I just said to her, I said, look, you know what? This is a beautiful gift. We love it. She's just not, I can tell she's just not quite ready. But this summer she got it out. And I took a picture of it with her, like just cuddling it and hugging it. And I sent it to my niece and she's like, oh my gosh, it just made my day. And so there are things like that, that I will hold off on. Like I'll hold them off to the side because I know that there will be a time that she might be into that. And if it gets to the point where she's 10 and she's never been into these dolls, guess what? They're not going to stay in my home you know, it's time to let them go. Because again, everything has, you know, has its time for us. And I'm not going to hold on to those dolls for another 30 years in case my daughter wants to give them to her child. You know, I just, things have changed so much. Like there are a few things that will hold on. I was really good with my toys. Like, so if you see my toys from when I was a kid, I don't know what it was, but the way I played, I did not destroy my toys. Like I know some kids that are like, Wah! and they just destroy them. My uh, daycare mom used to say there were three of us girls and we would go out and play in the backyard and the other two would come in muddy and, you know, like they just really played. And she's like, you would come in and you would be like perfectly clean. You'd be wearing this white dress and it would be clean, but you were out there playing with the rest of them. I don't know how. So that's just kind of the, you know, so my toys were still in really good condition. My daughter's not really like that. So I don't really (laughs) think the toys are going to last for another generation if we hold on to them. So, but it's fine. It's all fine. And that's what toys are for. Toys are to be used and played with. And I don't know. I just don't have that kind of like having to keep things. And I've just let her decide, like, here is a toy. If you like it, fantastic. You can keep it and play with it. And she's pretty good about saying, like, no, mommy, I, am, I don't really want to play with that anymore. Mommy, I'm kind of done with that. 
And we do every probably four to six months, we go through her stuff because they grow so fast and they change so fast. And I actually just did a podcast about how, why I'll never do a no gifts party again. I did one when she was four and we did one when she was one, but we were about to travel. So and she's a baby, babies, she's fine. <laughs> but when she was four, we did one and it was really awkward. And like the people wanted to bring gifts and then you know, she was kind of like, huh, a little bit, but she didn't remember it. I told her about it as I was recording. And she, the look on her face was like, you did what? <laughs> what? In, How did you do I, that? I am so mad at you right now, but I don't remember it. So I can't be mad at you. And I was like, don't worry, honey, we're never going to do it again. She's like, okay. Um, and she still got gifts from us and her grandparents and her aunt and uncle. So she still had presents. We just didn't have the party with the kids. But kids like that stuff. Like as we've gone to more parties, they love when their friends open the gifts. They love giving the gifts. And I would never want to keep that experience from her as we go forward. And we bought her quite a few quote unquote, like plastic garbage toys this year that I wouldn't have bought her before, like LOL dolls and twisty pets and um, Hatchimals. But she's seen these things in her friends' rooms on Zoom calls and things like that. And so she really wanted these toys. And I asked her what she wanted and she put together her list. And that's what we got her because it's it's her stuff. You know, it's not my stuff. And of course, we're not going to get her 50 LOL dolls. She got three. You know, you have to limit the stuff you let into your home. But at the same time, I don't want her to, you know, lash out against minimalism when she gets older. It really isn't about having the least amount of stuff possible. It's about having the amount of stuff that fulfills that desire in you to have things, but not be overwhelmed by them. That's right. I like yeah. that. Like, it's like the junk food of toys. Like, I still give my kids sweets, even though it's not good for them. And I'm not a horrible mom. It's just like, you know, sometimes it's it's just nice to do crap, you know, or yeah. to like have some junk for a little while. Goes in the garbage. But I, I'm not like a, I don't know, what do you call that? A person who is like extreme in, sure. in certain things. In certain things I am extreme, but like in that I'm like, come on. Like they're kids, they're only kids for a little while. I don't have to force them not to eat sugar. Oh gosh. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. It's horrible for you. I'm sure other people might be listening to this thinking I'm a horrible mother, but I don't really care. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> so um one question, was your husband always with you on this? Like did you make this decision together or how was it? We will be right back. And now back to the show. I would say life for us has always been a compromise, but we have been together for a long time. So we have been together since we were 20. I mean, we took 10 years to get married, but, you know, we have been together in a relationship for most of our adult lives. And so I think we have just grown. We've been very lucky to have grown together. <laughs> and I think we came up with our, like, overarching why, why we wanted to do this thing or how we wanted to live our life. And then the stuff kind of just fell into place. Um, so for us, we wanted to, we never wanted to feel stuck. You know, if I say freedom, you know, I think that kind of can get taken out of context a little bit, especially as the American over here. Um, but 
we didn't want to feel stifled. We didn't want to feel stuck. We wanted to be able to make choices that fit with our lives and our families in our family, no matter, you know, what was going on. And so we've been able to travel a lot and we wanted to live a life that was more adventurous. You know, we've never, thankfully, the both of us have never been um, very risk averse. We both have been like, we only live once. Let's do it. Why not? You know, we were YOLO before YOLO was popular. Um, (laughs) But, you know, but to a, to a point, right? Like you can't, you obviously have to take care of the major things. You have to be able to pay your bills. You have to be able to take care of your family. But we make choices of going places and doing things versus buying things. So we were out with friends the other night, sitting at a park, you know, getting to know a new family. And they asked us, oh, so how did you guys get engaged? And I always have like a twinge moment of like, oh gosh, here we go again. You know, we have another story. Like we got engaged on a glacier in Argentina, you know, and it's just like, what? You know, and we're like those people that are just like, what? What is, okay, tell us the story. Like what's the background here? What's going on? But like, it's those things. Like we, we wanted to do that instead of, having a nice car or, you know, having a bigger apartment or buying really nice clothes. We wanted to go travel and do different things. And people can choose for themselves what that is. Like a lot of our friends are like, yeah, that's great. Those are those, you know, yeah, Brent and Deanna, they're the crazies over there. You never know what they're doing, you know? And they, if they lived our life, they would hate it. Like that is just, (laughs) it's so unstable for them. Like, I feel like our life is very stable. We pay our bills, we do our stuff, we're, you know, we're settled now. But um, for them, like, it just, they wouldn't enjoy that. And that's okay. Again, everybody can choose for themselves what works best. And I just like to be able to provide this option for people that think they can't live a life like this. Yeah, I think the one thing that comes to mind is like, if you say um, yes to something, then you say no to something else, right? So mm-hmm. in your guys' case, it's like, well, we say yes, because we want experiences. But that means we have to say no to stuff, right? Because Absolutely. stuff like hinders you from, from travel or all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So um, I think with, so with that, I don't know that I answered your question exactly. He has been both of us have been on board, but because of why we wanted to do it, not because I said, Hey, we've got to go through our closets and get rid of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. We grew into it together. I think that that's really yeah. cool to share that same vision and the same why it's really important because I couldn't imagine being like married to someone who was like a pack rat and then like constantly having that as a, like a clash in your, in your life. That would be, that would be a challenge. It would be. Yeah. My husband, he is a little bit of a pack rat. So I have kind of like minimized that to like, he has a box of like, like papers. Like it's just like random papers that he's like learned from. And I'm like, that stays in a box and you can keep that box, but it shouldn't like get any bigger than that. So yes. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Don't let it get bigger. (laughs) Um, What are, can you share with us some of the best strategies that you've picked up on your way of minimalism? 
Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it was how you were saying, like being okay with saying no to some things. Like it's okay that you can't do everything or have everything. Some other strategies. So I love the one in one out. So that kind of helps after though you've, after you've decluttered and gotten things to the reasonable amount that you like, when you bring something new in, that's an easy way to maintain it. You just get rid of something else. Or if you can find something to do double duty, oh, those are my favorite. Like where you can bring one thing in and it replaces two things in your house. Oh, those are the best. Okay, what's an example? What's an example of this? I'm having a hard time. Um, so I think maybe with, let's say like closet. Okay. So like if I had a, um, I had a couple different black sweaters and Instead, when I was out, you know, and clothes change. So I like to have a very classic style so that I don't have to stay with the trends. So my color palette is very neutral and I have a couple pop shirts in there that I can mix and match in and out. Um, but like with classic things like a black sweater, I had a couple that I was like, Meh, okay, this is okay and this is okay. And so I was always on the lookout for something that really just, when I put it on, I was like, yeah, all right, this is the one. And so when I go shopping, I don't have to buy something, right? Like I try to go with a purpose instead of like, oh, I'm just going to go out and shop and find something cute. Well, you're always going to find something cute. That's the point. They yeah. put all the cute stuff out there. So you buy it. You know, <laughs> if it was all ugly, no one would buy anything. But so you have to go with a purpose of like, okay, I'm going to go. I'm looking for these specific things. And I'll often keep a running list on my phone of like things that if I'm out and about, I don't shop anymore because of COVID, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Not right uh, now. <laughs> I used to. When we get back to that, I have a list on my phone of things. So like if I'm out and I have a few extra minutes or like I finished a meeting early and I'm on my way to go pick my daughter up. Well, there's not enough time to go home. Maybe I'll swing in a shop or something to look around. Usually it's like a bookstore or something. But let's say we go clothes shopping. Um, so then like if I find that sweater, then I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. And then I was able to get rid of two things. So things like that, it's really not anything that's crazy. Kitchen gadgets are a really good thing. You don't need a kitchen gadget for everything you cook. You really can cook with one pot, you know, one saucepan, one quart pot. And, you know, it's really simple. A few spatulas and forks and knives to eat, plate here and there. Um, it's not that difficult. And you don't need really specialized things. So I think a kitchen is an easy place to start decluttering and just think like, okay, do I need this one thing? This Do I need this quesadilla maker? No. Do I need this pizza spinner thingy? No. <laughs> I can do this all on a, you know, a pizza pan, you know, like a stone pizza pan. I love those things. A cast iron um, skillet is fantastic. They're super heavy, um, but those are awesome and they last forever. Um, and Rapunzel thinks they come in handy as weapons. So, <laughs> <laughs> so those things are great. Like, I don't know. I think sometimes we think we need all these specialized things and we just don't. And we can get by with so much less um, than we need. But one of my favorite ways to declutter a room quickly is the pile method. And if you are like really frustrated and this is a down and dirty and you just got to get this place cleaned up, you do three piles. The keep, that's only things you love and that you use and that you find really beautiful and you would just be like devastated if you got rid of them. The, those are the 
those are the things you keep. The second one is the um, throw away. Like it's just garbage. It's done. Like get it out. And then the third one is sell is donate. If you have more time or your home is not like you're not about to lose your mind, you can add a maybe pile and you can add a sell pile. Now, but when you sell things, you have to put a date on it. So you have to say, okay, if this doesn't sell in, I mean, and you can decide it can be a week, it can be two weeks, it can be a month, but you have to set a date on that. And you have to say, okay, I'm not going to try to sell anything that's worth less than 25, 50, a hundred dollars, depending on what, you know, what your income level is because it takes a lot of time to take the pictures, put the stuff out there, you know, have coordinate with somebody to come pick it up, exchange the money, haggle back and forth. Like it is a lot. It's a mental hurdle. I trust me. I know we sold thousands of dollars worth of stuff that first time we traveled, it was a full-time job. And so you have to weigh those pros and cons. So sometimes it's worth it just to donate it and, and get rid of it. And on my show, I've had people give all sorts of ways to donate things that they have attachments to. So one of my um, recent guests talked about giving her things to somebody in particular. So like if she has really nice china or kitchenware, like a really nice food processor, she gave it to a couple um, at her church, actually, because they had just gotten married. And she thought, well, this is a lovely, I mean, it was a couple hundred dollar food processor, but I don't use it. So I'm going to gift it to somebody that I know would appreciate it. And so there's those kinds of things. But I think, too, we just have to dig in. Like, I think sometimes we look for the magic pill. We hope that, like, you know what? It's just going to get better. If I just close my eyes, it'll just get better. It doesn't. You got to just put in the hard work to dig yourself out. And I think if you start with those three piles, this is stuff I love and I want to keep it. This is stuff that, you know, nobody's going to find value in this or it's just garbage. Sometimes we're surprised at how much of those little just things we keep around our house. And then just this is my donate or my sell pile. So those are some good strategies. Thank you. That's, um, I did that when we were moving to Ukraine, like trying to like sort it all out. And I noticed with selling, it really took a lot of energy out of me to go on to the classifieds or I guess you have Craigslist and Mm -hmm. to like deal with all the people who are like messaging and asking. And I was like, you know what? Some of these things are just, I like that you, you said, um, you know, if it's worth like a certain amount of money, then it's kind of worth your time, right? Like whatever your limit is. But like I was selling, there was like a few things that were like five euros. I'm like, this is just, it's not worth it. I have to arrange a time. I have to figure this out. Oh my goodness. It's not worth a headache. Right. Give it away. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. Um, what are a few of the things that you say no to that maybe the average person, like it wouldn't occur to them to say no to those things. I'm curious. Okay. Um, let's see. I would say one is to limit the amount of willpower I need in my life. So I think like, so one of the ways I've done that is, and it's been helpful. I think this whole, some of the positive things out of coronavirus and having to stay home have been the not shopping as much, right? So you don't, you limit your exposure to things that people are trying to sell you. And it's amazing at what you can get by without, right? So I do, I try to limit that need for willpower because there's only so many decisions I can make in a day. And I have found that the more decisions I have to make, the crankier I am by the end of the day. 
and the less I have to give to my family and to myself. And I don't like who I become. (laughs) So that means I don't go into stores very often. So I keep the running list on my phone of the things I know I need because then I'm not tempted to buy something if it's not on the list. And I just stick to the list and I say, well, you know what? The list it's not on my list. And if I really want this next week, I'll put it on my list and I can come back and get it because we're going to be okay without it. You didn't know you needed it before you walked in that store. And um, so that's one of the things like I have joined our um, local buy nothing group on Facebook. I don't know if they have this all over the world, but here they have a group on Facebook where you can join and it's just your your neighborhood, whatever they classify your neighborhood as. And you can just post stuff on there to give away. And it's been nice. We've done a few things. Like we did a big dollhouse that Eleanor had. We did uh, her stroller from when she was a baby. Like we've got, we've given away some really nice things. Cause again, yes, I could have sold it, but right now I just wanted it out of my garage and it, you know, it went to some really nice families and it was really nice to like watch them come pick it up. And we waved from our window and we're like, Hey, have a good day. And you just felt really good giving it away. Mm-hmm. But I have to not follow the group because when it's in my feed, I'm like, Ooh, that's super cute. Oh, honey. What, do you think we could put this rug somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need that rug before I saw it three minutes ago. So I think that's a really big thing. I think we don't think about that. We have to limit those decisions and nobody likes to say no. We don't like to say no as human beings. So the less you can force yourself to say no, like if you don't even have to make that decision, you don't have to say no in the first place, you will be happier because it's just easier. You you feel like you live a life of yes instead of that life of no. And the other thing we do that's been really helpful for us um, is not keeping a tally in our family. I think sometimes we get into this. I've just noticed this a lot lately where people and, you know, maybe I'm just not in the right groups, (laughs) but people complain a lot about their spouses or their children and To me, we're all on the same team. I picked this team. This is the team I chose to be on. And I need to make everybody in this team win together. Like we don't win if we're not together on it. And so, you know, there's no tally in our family of like, oh, well, you have that so I can get this or you did that so I get to do this or, you know, I don't know. It's really hard. I see a lot of that going on. And some of the things like we just have to decide what we're better at. Like I am better at cooking. So I do all the meal planning. I do all the cooking. I will not ask my husband to make dinner. Trust me, I'd rather eat my food. I love my husband, but that is not a skill that he was raised with. And that is fine. But why would I take him out of his zone of genius, which is code, you know, he's an app developer. I mean, he's genius on the computer. Why would I say, oh, honey, can you take out two hours of your day, please, and go make dinner? Just what? So it would be even. So he would do three nights of dinner and I would do four. Like it's a ridiculous example. But like, I think if we look at it in that kind of like ridiculousness, it makes it easier. So I apologize. I think I'm rambling a little bit. The other thing, one other thing is looking at how other people want to be loved and then working within that. 
So mm-hmm. it's not a manipulation. It is working with somebody in the way that they like to be spoken to. So my daughter, her love language is touch. Oh, word, Lordy, is it touch. That girl is constantly up against you. She's always on your lap, like always touching, always, always touching. Like when we eat dinner, she's like literally glued to my side because we sit on the same side of the table and she's like up against me. And I'm like, let me need some space. But knowing that that's her love language gives me so much more empathy because before I realized that I was always like, just mommy needs, like mommy just needs space. But then I don't think about the fact that she needs touch. And so, you know, we've been able to work through that. And it's nice because I talked to her on a level of like, okay, honey, look, I know your love language is touch. We talked about here are the five different ones. Here's the one I think is yours. Which one do you think is yours? And then I say, well, I think mommy's is words. And so, you know, mommy, I love you and I love cuddling with you. But the way mommy feels loved is when you tell me nice things. Like when you say I'm a nice mommy or you compliment me on the things I do. And so it's been really nice because she gets it. Like when you talk to your kids in their, at their level, they get it. And so sometimes I'll just be like, you know what? Mommy's having a day. And she'll be like, mommy, you're a good mommy. Like, you know, she'll like look at me with like this sweet little face. And I'm just like, oh, you are the most precious thing. And I just make sure I give her a giant hug, you know? And so I think it's that kind of thing. Like take a minute, figure out what works for your family. And I know that we're dealing, we're talking about dealing with our stuff and being minimalist and all that kind of stuff, but it's all tied together. You know, like you can't say like, oh, you have this closet filled with crap. So I'm going to have this closet filled with crap. Well, at the end of the day, is that helping you guys? Is that really helping your team win when you look at it from that perspective? Or, you know, like just that's really where I think that a lot of us need to come from these days is just empathy. Just come at life with more empathy. And it's less about us in particular and just looking at everything from the perspective of like, okay, well, how would I want to be treated? How would I want this situation to go? And, you know, knowing that your home is your haven and you want it to feel comfortable for everyone in it. So it's not just about you. It's about all the people that are in it. And we have to think of it from that perspective and what makes them feel the happiest and what makes your family come alive. Like, just think of it from that perspective when you're out and about and, and know that like when you're shopping, the whole point that company just wants to sell stuff to you. They're not looking out for you. So you really have to be cognizant of, you know, being out there and thinking about what's best for you guys. Absolutely. Yeah, that's good. I, I totally agree with you because stuff is like it, it, it's not, how do you say that? It? It's not just about the stuff. It's about yeah. like your inner, inner person and your connections. And it's like, you know, whether you call it spiritual or, or I don't know, mental or per- I don't know like there there's a connection there to your human and to your relationships and um you know if you're cluttered in your mind and you have a cluttered house it's like it it affects um all of those facets of your life so um you, I get you I, I see where you're coming from it's good <laughs> to end is there anything that you would like to add for, to to the mom who has too much stuff and she only has a little bit of time is there anything you want to say to her 
Yeah. I mean, just go through, honestly, if you really only have like an hour, you can get rid of a hundred things in an hour, go into each room and find 10 things because we all have at least 10 things that are in a room that don't belong there. We don't want anymore. I mean, you can do it really fast. It's, it's just making the decision to pick something up and take action because it is so overwhelming when you look at the whole project, but just say, I'm going to give myself 15 minutes. I'm going to give myself one hour, like whatever time you have, just do it in bite-sized chunks and you will be amazed over time how much progress you can make in a week. Just try it for a week. Do 15 minutes a day for a week or an hour a day for a week. If you can, it'll make a huge difference in your house but even just those 15 minutes. So just start, just do something, anything, one thing, <laughs> just do something. Thing. <laughs> yeah. It really does snowball. It's amazing. It feels great the first time you do it, right? And you're like, yes, oh, freedom. Oh, good. That was a lot of fun. Thanks to Danny for having me on as a guest of the Wild Happy Family Podcast. It was interesting to share my story and I love the behind the scenes look it gave you into my journey. I noticed that when you tell your story and put your beliefs into words, it can really help on your own life's journey, and I'm really thankful that I got the opportunity to share. Don't forget that you can get the show notes with the links to Danny's podcast, her guest interview on my show as well, on my website at littlegreenbow.com slash 68. And that just about wraps it up for today's episode. But before I go, I want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this podcast. I know that we are all super busy these days, and it means the world to me that you choose to spend some of your time with me. And just so you know, I would love to hear from you. Let me know what you enjoyed most from the show and if you had any big takeaways. If you like this kind of reverse interview um, podcast episode, and as I get on more shows, I'll make sure that I link them here when I can. And feel free to tag me on your Instagram stories. I'm little.green.bow, and I'd love to see what you like the most about this episode or the show in general. You can also send me an email to deanna at littlegreenbow.com, or you can subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. And if you have an opportunity, will you please leave a review? It's one of the ways that I know that you enjoy the show, and it also helps others find us and learn more about a minimalist lifestyle and how it can help their families as well. And if you are looking for a community of like-minded people and others that are also on their journey to a happy life with less stuff, then I invite you to come on over and join my wannabe minimalist family. It's a free group on Facebook and the conversations we're having over there are really great. As this episode airs, we are in the middle of our avalanche declutter challenge. And so you can join in on that if you're interested, or you can just come on over, introduce yourself and share your thoughts. I'm so excited to hear from you and help encourage you on your journey toward less stuff, more happiness, and a vibrant life that you and your family deserve. And one last thing, apologies for getting off topic this week. I know I had promised an episode about five fun decluttering challenge ideas, but this reverse guest podcast, I just, it had been on my mind and my heart. So next week, I promise I will hop back in the regular schedule and I will bring you those declutter challenge ideas. So make sure to join me here next week. See you then. 